Hi, welcome to And It's Writing, a live stream and podcast for two writers and sometimes a special guest have drinks while we revise our old work or discuss writing-related topics. I'm D.C. McNaughton, speculative and historical fiction writer. Now I haven't been writing much of anything because it's holidays and I can't seem to get anything done. And uh, lately I have been rereading Game of Thrones because I want to feel sad and he's a great writer. And I'm hoping that it inspires me to get back to work on my book so my agent isn't waiting forever for me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Amy. I write adult fantasy. I also self-publish under the name Avery Ames. I am working on I Just Got Edits Back from my editor. So we are now on crunch time. Uh, We're coming up on deadline. And uh, what I'm reading is I'm reading The Wolf and the Woodsman because I needed something in first present to keep that voice going. So today we also have a special guest. We've got mystery author and plotter education lead, Troy Lambert, to discuss some tips and techniques for planning your book. Uh, Troy, can you tell us a little about yourself, what you write, and what you are currently reading? Sure. So I write mysteries and thrillers mostly, although I've written some romantic comedy under a pen name, and I'm launching a mashup series next year that's a mix of romantic comedy and mysteries and thriller. So it's about serial killers who fall in love. It's going to be a lot of fun. (laughs) And you're going to want to tune in for that. What can't happen in that particular situation? Heck yeah. <laughs> right now, I'm reading a couple different books. I'm reading one that's called Reclaim Your Author Career. It's about using the Enneagram to look not only look at your personality and who you are, but look at your characters and the things that you write and help improve your writing career. Um, and then I'm reading the latest Dune, Heir of Kala Dan, um, which I got actually it before it came out from Kevin J. Uh, from Kevin J. Anderson. Oh, fancy. Got a nice little signature there. It's good to know people. Anyway. (laughs) Are the new Doom books, like, fun to read? They are fun to read, actually. So I will just say that I like um, Brian Herbert and Kevin J. Anderson's. I like their joint writing style in those newer Dune books. And the original Dune book was I loved it, but it was a tough read for a lot of people, and I completely understand that. It was much. <laughs> the rumor is that Frank Herbert was on acid a large part of the time that he wrote that draft. <laughs> we're going to skip the drink section of this episode so that we're not too drunk to interview this awesome person, and also because we didn't want to take drink, and we're like we're, we're, we're uh, recording this episode like in the middle of the day. Because we wanted to talk yeah. this man so much. So we do have a few, a couple icebreaker questions. Uh, where do you personally fall on the spectrum of planner to pantser in your writing process? So I am a, what I call, I'm not a super like architect planner, but I am a planner. Um, so I plan to the point where essentially each scene that I have planned, what I have planned for that is a writing prompt. Mm-hmm. essentially. It's a couple sentences, maybe a paragraph, that tells me something about what I'm planning to write that day. And that's pretty much it. I have, But I have those for pretty much every scene that's going to be in whatever novel or whatever I'm working on at the time. So that's kind of my level. I'm kind of, like, I'm not a super architect. I know people that, like, you know, James Patterson writes a single-space, 20,000-word outline, and his book's only 70,000 words long. So basically he wrote a third of the book in the outline, um, I'm not that guy, but I'm also not the guy that sits down, although I used to be. I used to be the guy that just sat down with an idea and just rolled with it, but I, that didn't work out for me super well. So um, I had to learn to plan things ahead a little bit. 
um, mainly because I wanted to make a living writing and that made me more efficient. Um, and as you can see, I like to eat. My wife likes nice things. Um, and so, you know, we had to, I had to make money. So, um, I had to think about that aspect of the business too. So, yeah. So we started talking because of this program called plotter. I want to make sure that we understand who you are in the process of plotter. Like, are you, are you the guy who programs it? Are you the guy who came up with it? Are you the guy who helps? Like, tell us a little bit about what you have to do with this program. So we don't like miss mistitle you during this, uh, interview so so that's a good question to ask right off and i would just say that i am i i write words not code so i'm not the guy that coded it that invented it um i'm the education lead so i'm the guy that teaches you how to use plotter i'm the story structure nerd or guru or whatever term you want to use for that um the guy that actually programmed it was a guy named cameron sutter who made it for his own writing decided he was going to sell it. He had it at a writer's conference and was demoing it. And I bought it within like 30 seconds of seeing the demo because I knew what my office looked like at that time. And the walls were covered in cork boards and I had a whiteboard with string on it and, you know, stuff <laughs> like that. I know nobody else has ever done that, um, but that was my life at the time. And so I, so I was like, this is a program that's really going to help me. So I was one of the first people to use it, one of the first 100 people in the, to, other than the founder to actually use it. Um, and then when Plotter kind of relaunched in 2020, I, he was like, you want to, you know, do some stuff with Plotter? And I'm like, yeah, that sounds great. And uh, so I started doing that and I've been doing it ever since. So that's who I am. Nice. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Can you walk us through kind of some of the, some of what the app does? So the app is kind of what I call it is a story organization software. So there's, there's, really kind of two main aspects to it. And the first one is the outlining and organization aspect, which um, some people will tell me they don't plot, that they're straight discovery writers, they don't plot, and I call them liars. Um, and <laughs> then we move forward with that. Because basically what, what happens is usually you plot at a different time, like in the revision process, in your second draft process, or some people not until their fourth draft, whatever the case may be. But it, I couldn't do that in my life. That would not work out for my... Uh, personal finances or existence, but um, so, um, but yeah. So basically, there's the outlining part of it where you organize your story and you do that visually on like um, basically plot lines and kind of timelines um, using little boxes that we call scene cards, which you can move around, you can relate to each other using tags, different things like that. So it's very much like my corkboard scenario with strings going between note cards, <laughs> only in a digital format that's much easier for me to use and much more powerful for me to use, obviously. So there's that aspect of it. And then the other aspect of it that's really important is the series Bible. You can create one plotter project that's an entire series. So if you happen to be, let's say, a crazy guy like me and you decide to write the series called The Capital City Murders, and even writers can do the math that there's 50 states and 50 state capitals. So if each one of those is a novella, then eventually there will be 50 of those, right? So you can kind of, anyway, but I can contain all of that series in a single plotter project, right? Um, so I can keep track of characters throughout the series, places throughout the series. Um, in that case, different ways that people have died, the different methods of murder. I've got to come up with 50 different ones. Um, <laughs> which is quite enjoyable actually in some ways but um uh, you know but i mean there's so there's that aspect to it so the series bible aspect to it 
is extremely as valuable as the other aspects, as the outlining organization aspects of it as well. Um, so it's basically just something that lets you organize all of your ideas and all of your outlines and plots and stuff in one place, just a single locate, single file, single location. It's fantastic. I agree, by the way. It's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. I'm gonna like I'm gonna I'm gonna rave about this in a few minutes here, <laughs> but I just wanna yeah. step in right now and be like, I got a lot of good things to say. But first, so some pantsers listening to this episode might not be used to plotting out much ahead of time. It makes sense that planners and heavy outliners might love plotter, but how can tools like these help pantsers as well? How do we help those people? <laughs> there's actually, there's a few ways that pantsers use it. And what I tell you is this. So it's fine to write what you call the discovery draft or the outline draft. That's what I call it because that's what it is. Or you call it a zero draft if you want, mm -hmm. whatever you want to call it. But this is basically just you telling yourself the story. Now, I don't know about anyone else, but my first drafts, 30 novels in, are still horrible. Like, I just wrote a terrible, I mean, I just finished Nano and I wrote a terrible first draft. I understand that it's terrible, right? And that's, I planned it ahead of time, I plotted, I outlined, it's still horrible. It's still the reason is they're always horrible. Yeah, I mean, just live with it. The first thing, you know, people are like, oh, man, I just hate that first draft because I write so terribly. And I'm like, don't first of all, don't compare your first draft to somebody's final draft. Mm -hmm. Second of all, give yourself permission and the freedom to write a horrible first draft and just understand it's going to happen. The sooner you do that, the more at peace your mind will be with, oh, this is crap. OK, <laughs> who cares? I can fix it later. Right. So in the revision process is often where, because I use Plotter, so I use it in the planning process and in the revision process. Because I take what I intended to write, then I have another plot line that shows what I actually wrote. So when my characters took that left turn at Albuquerque and went off in the middle of nowhere, I can figure out, does that fit my plot or do I need to bring those dudes back? Like, hey, yo, over here, um, <laughs> this is where we were going, right? type thing. And then I compare it. We have a lot of um, plot structure templates in Plotter. Um, common ones, action, adventure, romancing the beat, the hero's journey. <laughs> and then we have the sluice journey, which is the one I developed, which is basically an adaptation of the hero's journey for mysteries. It's all it is. It's not, no great secret, but people love it. They think it's brilliant. It's not brilliant. It's just, I just adapted something. <laughs> That's all it is. So just calm down. Everybody just calm down. But anyway, um, <laughs> So there's all kinds of plot structures in there, right? So you compare what you've written with an established plot structure and you go, where are my plot holes? You're just checking your work. Go, where did I miss? So there's a couple ways you can do that. You either each day after you're writing, I've seen discovery writers that do this. Each day they sit down and they write something, right? And then when they're done writing for the day, they go into Plotter, this is part of their process, and they summarize what they wrote that day in a scene card, right? Just summarize it and just leave it. No judgment, no nothing. You're not allowed to edit, no editing, no judgment, nothing like that. Don't edit as you go, please, for the love of all that is holy. Stop that happening. But anyway, so you just write what you wrote that day. And you just do that every day that you write until you're done with your draft. And then you can compare what you wrote to like an established plot structure or whatever and just check your work. Do I have an inciting incident? When was it? Is there conflict here? Or is this scene useless? Was this me telling myself the story or is this something the reader needs to know, right? 
if it's something that you're just telling yourself the story before you edit the grammar and punctuation in it and read through it four times and say, there's something wrong with the scene. I can't figure it out. You just delete it. Right. And it's, so it saves you time in the second draft process because you're, you're objectively going through what you wrote those summaries and going, Oh, I don't need that. Oh, there's a hole. I need to add something here. And then you can polish out that first draft, that second draft or first draft, whichever way you want to call it. Um, you can polish that out much more quickly. So there's that method. There are people that use Plotter and never use the outlining features. All they use is the story Bible features. They use it to track their characters and places throughout their series and their books. And they, they're like, timeline? Are you kidding me? No way. I'm not creating a timeline <laughs> for anything. You people that do that are crazy. And they just never touch it, right? And it doesn't matter. Right, so there's all kinds of different ways. There's so many different ways you can use Plotter. It just depends on what your style is. But for a discovery writer, you can still use it to just check your work later on and make sure you're on target. And this keeps you from doing draft number six. Instead, you're doing draft number two, maybe number three, and you're done. Um, and part of the publishing world today, whether we like it or not, really doesn't matter, is that writing quickly is one of the ways that you make a living writing. Right. You don't if you're writing super slow and it takes you five years to write a book, you're going to have an extremely difficult time making a living in today's publishing market. Yeah, yeah. we we harp on my uh, index cards that I like to spread all over the floor. And I like that this <sighs> actually took those and made it digital. <laughs> I, I have been there. I have been there with trying to figure out too, like especially when something goes wrong. Right. The time when the the, the note cards on the corkboard work great as long as everything goes perfectly which <laughs> yeah. it never does for me <laughs> i don't know about anybody else but it never happens for me there nothing's ever perfectly linear like that so then you start moving things on the corkboard then you don't remember where they were before and you're like oh my goodness what is going on um and there, so there's so much of a better way to do it digitally and it also keeps you from sitting on the floor and ruining your backs get a nice chair get comfortable <laughs> you know my story with Plotter is, um, it's kind of funny. It starts uh, with me writing a book six years ago and, and then sending it out to agents and getting lots of rejections and then moving on and writing several more books. And then me getting the agent and then as the agent is sub submitting my other book, she's like, well, what are you going to work on next? And I was like, well, I wrote this book a long time ago that's like my my baby and I, re I would really like to go back to it. And she was like, yeah, do it. Uh, send me the first 50 <laughs> pages when you get them done. And I'm like, what does that mean? Does she want the first 50 pages of my rough draft? Like, do I polish them? What do I do? And I just got this agent. What if she hates me? And like, I've got all this <laughs> stuff going on in my head. And so I've like, I was sitting around. I kid you not. And this is embarrassing. I was sitting around for like two months processing how the hell I was going to do this and like what I was going to do and how, what kind of 50 pages does she want? Like, Will she care if they're bad? We just don't know. <laughs> and like, I, and and so I started like rewriting this book, like really rewriting this book that I I had finished six years ago because I was not a great writer six years ago. I'm not a great writer now, but I'm better than I used to be. Um, and uh, I was like trying to rewrite something that had a whole lot of not good stuff in it. And even though I knew these characters very well. I didn't know them anymore because they were changing and I had changed. And so they were doing different stuff now. And so I, I spent like another month trying to write these first 50 pages, like not 
<laughs> following my own rules about rough drafting and and just kind of in general being an idiot. And and I I was in the middle of telling Avery like I don't know what to do. Like I I don't know how to figure this out. Like I can't rewrite a book cuz I feel like I have no idea what's going on. I don't know what happened in the old book. I've read it and I hate it and I want to change it all and I don't know how to do this and I was having a really hard time and then Avery like one day she's just like she's just I just got this email from this guy he says like he's like he's looking for like a podcast interview for this like program called Plotter. I was like what the hell is Plotter? <laughs> like and and so I I look it up and I'm like Oh, <laughs> I didn't want to do, I didn't, I'm not a, I'm not a very, I'm not index card friendly. I get, I get really messy really fast and things like end up in a garbage fire and it's really bad. So I saw this and I was like, ah, good. Yes. So I opened it and I swear it took me two days to fix everything I was having trouble with. I had, I used it to lay it like all out and I love it because you can okay so there's like this option you can make the size different large medium or small and so like i sort of i i used medium first and i kind of let laid out every single storyline that i had it was like major character things and then i started like i i went and i mapped out all the chapters that i wanted to keep from my old book and moved them into plotter and then i sort of try to fill the space between the chapters that i know that i wanted to keep um, because I had removed a lot of chapters and I tried to like re-piece it back together and like within a matter of two days I had a new book out in front of me oh. and it was yes. it was just the best it was the best feeling <laughs> and I worked it all out and I loved it because I could change it to small and it would show me what the chapter it shows me what the chapters are all on top and then I have all the, the um, storylines on the side and it actually will show me where it looks like I'm missing beats for a long period of time mm -hmm. like I can look at it at a glance and be like, wow, nothing happens with this main character for like three chapters. And I was like sort of able to go in and fix it. And also I was able to put like red dots on mm -hmm. all the chapters where I was like, I don't know what happens here. And that's okay. And like, it just was like, these are plot holes. I will work on fixing them. So it's just like, I was able to rough, like basically soft draft a book in like two days with it. That is, first of all, that is awesome. Okay, like one of the things that I do with that big view, right, is I, um, where you're looking at it small, is I put tags in my scenes for the speed of the scene, like medium, fast, or slow. Mm. And then I filter by that on the timeline, and I can see if I have three slow scenes together. I'm a thriller and mystery writer. How do you think that's going to work? <laughs> Not. Okay. So it, it shows me that, right? So I love that you're using those different views to basically you're seeing the shape of your story and you're seeing where there's yeah. mistakes. The other thing is this. So I tell people this all the time, it take a long time to write drafts. Like you wrote a book six years ago and now you're like trying to fix it, right? You know why that's hard? You want to know why that's hard? I'm going to tell you a super <laughs> secret, okay? Okay. <laughs> Every writer, regardless of what genre you're writing, what you're writing, you write from the heart. How much has your heart changed in six years? <laughs> You're editing a, a book written by a different person. Yeah, no, absolutely. You are right. Only it feels very personal to you because it feels <laughs> like this should be my book, but it's not. This is why when we as writers go back and read our first books, our old books, right? We're like, oh, God, who wrote that? <laughs> Man, what is that in here? Oh, my. You know, no, the reason is because we're different. 
it's because we're different. It's not because the book is bad. It's not because the book was worse. It's because we, as authors, have changed. And so now that book does no longer resonate with our with who we are, right? It's okay. Right. It's perfectly okay with that. But this is why if you take five years to write a book and you go back and try to re-edit your way through it, it's so challenging and difficult. This is why I'm so big on fast drafting, quick drafting. And the reason is in part because your heart changes while you're writing that book. And if it changes too much, the editing process and going back to the beginning becomes a nightmare that you want no part of. I love that perspective a hundred thousand percent. It's so it's so true. It's it's so absolutely true. And I hate you. <laughs> I understand. I, I do. I understand. This is and this is part of the thing of like so. One of the things people underestimate about being a novelist and like writing for a living is the education that it takes. I do not mean college. In fact, most times I mean the opposite of college. <laughs> because partly what I don't like about MFA programs, they teach you nothing about publishing in the business of writing. Okay. And so if you're going to make the most of that degree and be a, a writing business person, you also need an MBA. Okay. Just my take on things. All right. Because you need to know how to sell stuff. Right. Not just write literary fiction, but um, but nothing wrong with literary fiction. Don't get me wrong. OK, but and nothing wrong with degrees. Don't get me wrong about that. But the education <laughs> that's involved with writing is, first of all, understanding how your how you work with writing and how your heart resonates with different writing things. Right. It's also developing a sense of story structure and consuming story and learning what story is really about and how to work with story. Plotter is a tool that helps you apply what you've learned about story structure and also helps you learn new things about story structure. But it is a tool, right? It's a writing tool. Mm -hmm. The goal is not to create a beautiful plotter file, although I love seeing those. Those are fantastic. <laughs> but the point is to finish your first draft, right? So the, the point of this tool that we've created and that we talk about so much and that I love, I absolutely love, is that it's a tool in your writing arsenal, right? It is not the be-all, end-all of things. But that education piece of understanding your craft as a writer, understanding the business of writing, and understanding how you fit between those two things is huge. It, that's, that is what your author career is built on, is those things. And you need to educate yourself. Most of the time, that means conferences, books, peers. It usually doesn't mean college, doesn't have to mean formal education, but classes are, and workshops are great. But education is super important if you're going to be a novelist. Super important. It means letting people like DC read your book and rip it apart and tell you everything that you need to fix with it. <laughs> it does mean that, too. And that's those moments when you tell your editor, you're like, I just, you know, I hate what you've done to my book and I love it at the same time. Right. Like, and so working as an editor, what I tell people is you have built a fire. It's my job to clear away the smoke. Okay. Um, and, and that's really my job as an editor. Right. And so I understand that there are times when you don't like that because you feel like this piece is just a beautiful piece of prose. It is. And it totally takes me out of the story. So get rid of it. I mean, <laughs> what are you trying to write here? I've been there. I've been there. <laughs> yeah, we've all been there. I mean, this is so this is part of the deals. So part of that 
that revision process is also a willingness to accept feedback and a willingness to do something about it when you get it um, and decide what to do about it. You're the writer. Ultimately, it's your story, right? So you get to make decisions about what to do with that feedback, but you still need to get it and hear it and absorb it mm -hmm. and understand where the person is coming from. They could be entirely wrong. Sometimes they are, <laughs> but you, you just need the, to give them the freedom to say what they need to say. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's it. So anyway, I was going to say, speaking of feedback and plotter, um, the thing that I'm actually using it for right now is in my last draft, my last revision, uh, one of the edit notes I got from editors that the plot got away from me a little bit <laughs> because I added so much that the structure is now not working. So because plotter has these default or templates, the templates of various structures, like you mentioned, like, you know, save the cat, three act hero's journey. I was able to take that and map on my existing story, which I'm still working on because I just got these edits, but it's allowing me to go, okay, here's where the beats are and here's where I, I missed them. Um, so I really like those templates. <laughs> They're very helpful. Yeah. It's like I say, it's, it's checking your work. It's basically like you're mm -hmm. checking your own work and saying, and I also tell people, like, I do developmental editing and I do regular editing, you know, as well. And I say, usually, once you've done two or three developmental edits, you shouldn't need a real full developmental edit on your book normally. And the reason is you should have taken that as a writing lesson. I'm teaching you what you need to know to write better, right? And hopefully each time we're working on something different. Now, there are people that they just, they pump out a draft and send it to developmental editor and like, eh, forget about it, I'm done, right? <laughs> um, and that's fine if that's you, right? But that's not me. I'm always working on honing my craft and trying to be better. And so you can do those checks ahead of time before you send it to your editor. You go, let me check my scenes and check my work and see where I'm at. And by tearing it apart and putting it on a plot line, you're getting yourself what you need from your work, which is distance, right? Mm -hmm. The reason you can't read and edit your own work is because you're too into it. You read what you thought you wrote. Well, so the way to do that is to get distance. Well, they used to say, well, put that away for two or three months and then come back to it. Today's publishing world, ah, I can't really heartily recommend that anymore. You need to be working, publishing is all about what have you done for me lately? So you need to be working <laughs> quickly, right? Because that's, that's really what the game is, right? So I can't recommend that as much as I can recommend other techniques for getting distance from your own writing. And one of them is deconstruct it and put it on a plot line. And then all you're doing is looking objectively at summaries of the scenes. You're not reading the story. And then you can compare it with an established plot structure and objectively go, oh, I did go a little bit south there. I mm -hmm. did go a little bit crazy on that plot. I did, the plot <laughs> did get away from me. How can I get it back? The the, the program does definitely allow you to be very self-critical <laughs> yeah. and having mm -hmm. to read a whole book or read a whole draft or whatever. Another thing yeah. that it does for those of you who get into their books uh, by not necessarily the outline, but the characters. I'm doing this because I know that there's a lot of yes. people out there who are like, yeah, but I like my characters and I just want to work on my characters and you know, that's fine. <laughs> um, you can do some magical stuff in here. You can just like create all your characters and all your settings and lay them all out. You can um, label the characters and you can steal photos off the internet of actors and put them <laughs> in the, the character photo slot so that when you forget what they look like in your brain, you can open it up and see their little faces there. <laughs>
Yeah. I like that also the character part, you have like their the little personality profile. Yeah. I like that you can customize it and there's like little tabs. Yeah. So I can have mm-hmm. one that's a certain like kind of character survey template and then you can have a separate little tab that's there, you know, Myers-Briggs type and then a separate little tab. And I just love having all these little tabs of like everything about all of my characters. <laughs> Yeah, one of, there's a couple popular new ones that we've added. One, one of them is called the online dating profile. And um, <laughs> romance writers love it because you're like, what would my character's profile look on Tinder? And it's got the headline, what am I looking for? You know, all those different things, you know. But yeah, so it's that one's really popular. And then we've added some Dungeons and Dragons ones. So if you're a dungeon master and a kind of a nerd type guy... Not that I know anybody like that, but, you know, no maybe there's some out there. <laughs> maybe there's some out there. I don't know. We just anyway. did an episode on writing for D&D. <laughs> yeah, there's actually, so there's plotter templates for the D&D character templates are now in plotter. So you can plan a D&D campaign using plotter. And it's it works super well. Like, I have a friend of mine who does it. How do I how do I do this? How 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 oh I, my. I must know. Is this like on the website? <laughs> well, so there we haven't developed an instructional thing for it yet, partly because we need to find like the right person to do that. Because like I can kind of talk about it, but I'm like, I am a DD amateur. I play twice a year, you know, or whatever. You know, I'm not really like an all-the-time guy. But I have a friend of mine who, like, he's a DM, and he gets paid to do it. It's amazing. He actually amazing. makes money going and running games for people. So, and he, but you can use, if you look in the character templates, you'll see the D&D different types of templates for Dungeons & Dragons. And then you can just create your story with different options. Like, if this happens, then go to this plot line. If this happens, then go to this plot line. And you can just create oh. your campaign in Plotter. Oh, yeah, look at that. There it is. Oh, what the fuck? Yeah. New Nerdville. Nerdville. I didn't even notice this before. There's so much in Welcome this. Welcome to Nerdville. There's yeah. all kinds yeah, yeah. of stuff in here. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. look at that. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All kinds of Good. stuff you can do. Yeah. I just saw DC's face literally light up. <laughs> like, I know. really? <laughs> it's like, I go, Merry Christmas to you. I didn't even make that, but you know. <laughs> Well, you let me know it was there because I certainly didn't notice it. I'm, it's your Christmas present. I'm a very simple person, so this this uh, it's very intuitive. This program, which was great, because I'm kind of mm-hmm. dumb when it comes to technology. Uh, so yeah, and, and look, I I even found it when you mentioned it. Like everything is right yeah. where it should be. <laughs> it's right. It's right where you expect it to be, and that's the one thing uh-huh. that we always try to do. And we're trying to improve that too as we go along. Is like improve the user interface so everything's like super intuitive, super easy to use. And so obviously we hope that we're doing a good job at that. And people, the other thing is we have a public roadmap. So let's say you go in and you're like. Hey, I don't think this this part isn't working well for me or whatever. I think this part would be better if you did this. We have a public roadmap. Go put the suggestion on there. If enough people vote for it, or I mean, we'd look at them. Like a lot of the suggestions will go, and I never thought of that. And we'll have this big discussion in our Slack channel <laughs> oh, that's cool. like, anybody know what this means? Anybody else thought of this? And we just throw those ideas around all the time because this is a software, a writing software for writers, built by writers. Most of our staff are writers, as well as whatever else that they're doing, programmers, whatever else it is that they do. Most of them are writers. So we're thinking like writers. You know, our mm-hmm. our technical support guy and, the, like, the guy you get when you email supportplotter.com is a writer, right? 
So he, when you say something, he understands what you're talking about and says, oh, okay, let's see what we can do about that. So it's more than just, you know, obviously tech support, tech issues happen. So tech support happens. We answer those things too. You know, that's, that's the way it works. But if you have story questions, I mean, this is what we do. We love to talk to people. <laughs> yeah, that makes it really worth the, the lifetime updates when you buy the program. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, you get the, well, plus we're updating it so much, like all the time. Like this is not a program that's been around for 20 years and now we're stable and we're not adding any features. Right. Like we're always adding features. So you can't, I mean, you can do a one-year license. You keep Plotter forever. You just don't get updates after that, right? right? Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And that's fine, except that you're probably going to miss some features that you may want later on. You know, yeah. whatever you want, mm -hmm. you know. Because, yeah. yeah, I saw that. It looks like pretty recently was when you added the uh, import from Scrivener. Yep. And I think there was the Snowflake method as well. Is that correct? Yeah, the Snowflake method's been around for a little while, although not many people use that software anymore. Mm -hmm. Not as much as when we first started out and people wanted to be able to do that. Um, but the Scrivener import is new and we're improving that all the time. Because right now it kind of has to be, if you use the novel template that you see in Scrivener, uh, you that'll import into Plotter pretty perfectly. If you use the novel with sections, it will not. Mm. Because it, it will import, it'll still import, but it won't look exactly how you want it to look because Plotter doesn't know what to do with those sections yet. We're still working on that in the background on the code for that. Um, so that will work eventually, but it, that'll be one of the updates that comes down the road because we just don't, it, there's so many things to do, so I'm many sure. things to do. Um, and so many people list. I mean, we only have so many people. I mean, we have a, a fairly robust programming staff now, but I mean, much more than what we used to have. But still, I mean, it takes time to do everything. So yeah, it's yeah. awesome. Totally worth it. There's like even a magic blueprint thing here. I love this. This is a, this is awesome. <laughs> yeah, you, you know. Um, so that's C.R. Rowanson, who who has become a good friend of mine. He has a, a website. Uh, C.R. Rowanson. His name's Clark, but C.R. Rowanson is what he goes by. Um, and it, there's a bunch of free resources on his Magic Blueprint website, um, but he also has little courses you can take and stuff like that. And it's about more than just magic. So if you think about what building a magic system in fantasy is, right, what is it really? You're world building. You're building the rules of your world. Well, if you write mysteries, you're building the rules of your world because you're using maybe a police department as a template, right? Um, mm -hmm. And so you're using their code calls, their whatever the case may be, their procedures, um, how long it takes for things to happen in that police department, right? So you're using that still. It's still a magic system, kind of, because it's oh, your yeah. world and the rules that you've made up that make your world work. Right. Mm -hmm. So keep tr keeping track of those in a magic system blueprint still works. Like it doesn't have to be magic that you're talking about. So Plotter enables you to think outside the box. Like for instance, I'm creating a template. So I've created the Sleuth's Journey, which is an adaptation of the Hero's Journey for mysteries. Right. I'm creating one that's called Thrilling the Beat. It's taking Romancing the Beat <laughs> and adapting it for thrillers. And here's why. The beats in Romancing the Beat work really well for thrillers if you change the language. So if I tell a thriller writer, you should use Romancing the Beat to write your thriller, they go, what? Because <laughs> they don't want to do that, right? But if I show them the changes in language, all of a sudden the light bulb goes on. They go, bing, okay, I can use this plot structure for writing a thriller because it's not restricted. 
right? We're not, it, it's not, there's no reason you can't change the words, mm-hmm. right? You, right? There's no reason you can't change anything about any of the templates that you find in Plotter to fit whatever it is that you're doing. So it's, that's the flexibility is probably the number one thing um, that I love about it because people say, well, I started with this in Plotter and then the most important words they say are, and then, because that's <laughs> how they personalize it to work for them. And that's really mm-hmm. what matters. The The other stuff are all tools to help you get to your and then, and then use the product the way you're going to use it, right? As part of your writing process. I have developed a process around Plotter and Scrivener that works really well for me, right? Will that work for you? I have no freaking clue. It might. <laughs> You're welcome to imitate it if you'd like, but there's the likelihood is that you're going to find something in there that works. Then you're going to say, and then, and you're going to tell me what you did to change that to work for you. So you're primarily a a mystery writer. How do you approach the process of building a mystery plot by yourself or in something like Plotter? Like, can can you, do you use the program yourself? Oh yeah. No, no, no. I use the program myself. And I actually, the reason I developed the sleuth journey was for me. Okay. That was my that was my template, and a bunch of people. I did a demo on it, and a bunch of people were like, "Man, that is really cool. I'd like to have that." And I'm like, "Here you go." Like, <laughs> nice. I mean, because there's no ownership here, right? I don't care. Now I am writing. I'm going to write a nonfiction guide to how to write a mystery using the sleuth journey, right? But, which is, you know, fine, and people will buy it, I'm sure. But it's not. That's not. Wasn't the purpose of creating the sleuth journey? I created it because I wanted it to work for my books. I was actually sitting in a class in a workshop at a writers' conference, and the guy was talking about different plot beats and finding something, and I was like, "Huh, I wonder if I could adapt the hero's journey to mysteries," and then I just did because nobody told me I couldn't. Right. And um, <laughs> there was nobody to stop me, um, which maybe some people will argue maybe there should have been. But, you know, nobody stopped me. So I created it. Right. Um, and it, so, yeah, the reason I did that was my own stuff. So, like, I approach writing as I have my what I call writing prompts. And generally, I know from a mystery, I know who did it. I know how they did it. I know how they got caught. And I know who caught them. At a minimum, I know those things. And then I blueprint my story based on those things. And generally, that's where I end up is with, that generally doesn't change. Some of the other stuff in the middle of the book might change, but that doesn't change. Um, As I write, I have a clues plot line that I've created, and I add clues to that plot line as I add them in the story. After I'm done writing that day, I'll go put that clue in in that plot line. Then at the end of the book, I'm sure that I resolved all of those clues. Because like this was especially important. Um, one of my latest books, it's called Teaching Moments, right? Um, and it has two parallel plots, two parallel mystery plots that are side by side, and they tie together at the end of the book. Well, you can imagine that there was a certain <laughs> amount of complexity there. Um, I may be an idiot for trying to write a book like that, but I loved anyway. It turned out great. People love it. I loved it, right? But it was it was a little bit insane, right? The way it worked. Um, and one of them, there is a person making a confession to someone. You don't know who the person making the confession is. You don't know who they're confessing to, and they're going through all these different crimes that they've committed, basically. Um, and then the other one is basically it's a story of a horse theft that also involves a murder and a bunch of other stuff. And at the end, you see how the two tie together. Like, they just come together and you're like, whoa, wait, what happened? (laughs) 
right? <laughs> um, but I had to track both of those things in the program, and I had to plan it because you can't you can't pants that story. No, right? you can't discovery write that story because you are going to mess it up because you're an author, which means that you're part squirrel. So you're like, ooh, something shiny. What is that? Is that a nickel? You know, I tell people like, you're like, how is this person going to die? And suddenly I'm Reddit and Quora and down the road on Twitter and I'm on 5 million different things going, wow, that is super cool. I can't believe people actually do that to each other. That's a great idea for a book. And now I've outlined another book and my book that I'm writing right now is still sitting there. The cursor blinking. <laughs> you know, I have written the damn thing on that book because I'm over on this other one playing around, right? Because I've suddenly gone down a rabbit trail. Now I know nobody else does that. I'm the only one. I get it. You know, but oh yeah, you're yeah. That's it's just you. Yeah, we, I don't know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's just only me. No other writer does that. But what I'm saying, it's easy to get distracted, right? So. Part of this is establishing your focus, right? So I have to establish a focus, plan ahead, um, and then I have Scrivener open on one uh, monitor that I have. I have Plotter open on the other one. If I need a detail from Plotter, I turn, look, get it, come straight back to my writing. I don't, I don't, I try never to leave that writing focus as much as possible when I'm in that writing zone, when I'm in that in that mode. Um, because even writing full-time, I tell people, you still have life. You have lots of life things that still happen. So if you think, well, I write full-time, so I just have all oodles of time to just write. I can just go start writing whenever I want and stop whenever I want. No. <laughs> Assholes. <laughs> I, I hate to tell you that, but I have a German shepherd who still wants to be walked. I have to go pick up things he leaves behind in the backyard. You know, things like that. I mean... My my life is fairly normal. Full-time writer, I still, you know, your life is still your life, right? You don't get a pass. Um, and you just sit in an ivory tower and write words and pass them down to the masses. And they go, oh, so great that you've <laughs> provided this entertainment for me. Thank um, you. That's Thank a, you. That's a load of crap that's never happened before. I mean, it, it, it just, unless you're a big name author, unless you're Stephen King and you've been doing this for decades, no, sorry, doesn't work that way, right? Um, <laughs> and it's probably never going to. So, you know, this is just uh, um, it, your, your process and your life are still what they are. You still have to make time for writing. You still have to schedule it. You still have to do all those things. Exactly. So, yeah. It's made it easier. Yeah, this just makes yeah. it easier. It's a yes. tool that, that has become an integral part of my process that helps me write books faster. Okay, that, that's it. I mean, Agreed. Literally a day after buying it, I was working a lot faster. It's it's great. It's great. Yeah, it's an insta change. It's an insta yeah. change and um and it can be it can be revolutionary to your writing process if you allow it to be. Yeah. So mm -hmm. yeah, as soon as I found it, I I was just like this is so cool. <laughs> I, I was like, DC, this is really cool. Yeah, I was, I was, we, uh, Avery was flaking off at work. We were playing with it. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> we both started out with the free trial. So we're going to get into the nitty gritty now. And we're going to talk about like the money side of things. Cause there's kind of an interesting model that you have. We talked about earlier with the buying versus the lifetime. So can, can you kind of tell us about how the different purchasing models work? So essentially the, the, like the class, so there's a couple different versions. There's the desktop version and the pro version. And I'll tell you about both because there's pros to the pro, but it does cost more, 
right? There's that's part of the deal. Um, but so you, what you can basically do is you can buy a, a one device license or a three device license, and you can do annual or lifetime. If you buy the annual, at the end of the year, you don't lose plotter and lose your files, right? Basically, you just don't get updates anymore. You still have the program. You just don't get the updates. Lifetime, you just get updates forever. As long as we're still producing this program, producing updates, you will get those updates automatically, right? Um, and that's the desktop version, which there's a desktop version, there's an iOS version, an Android version. Yes, I think that's it. That's, that's where I'm, I covered that, right? Okay, yeah. So that's the that's that particular version. Then the other um, way you can go is you can go with Plotter Pro. Now, the big advantage of that is, first of all, you have no device limits because you can access on the web anywhere that you are, right? Basically, so if you, it's a web app. So if you have access to the internet and you have the web, you can access your plotter files. You can also still use the desktop app, but everything syncs automatically. There's automatic cloud backups, everything syncs. But the biggest advantage is if you're co-writing or working with an editor who also uses plotter, which if you have an editor who's not using plotter, you should tell them that, you can work <laughs> on the same document at the same time. Ooh. So like I'm writing with a co-writer in this new series that I'm doing, the Serial Killers That Fall In Love series, I'm writing with a co-writer, right? We share the same plotter file. So there's no sending files back and forth, no versioning. If we get on the file at the exact same time, we both have it open, she's in Seattle, I'm here, right? We can see each other's changes in real time. Like it's almost instantaneous. The programmer people will tell you about the nano whatever seconds that it takes to update. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I just know she changes something like less than a second later, I see it on my screen, right? Nice. So some kind of programming thing that happens between that. But whatever that is, I don't really give a rip as long as it works. Um, <laughs> and, and so, yeah, basically I get, um, so we can work in real time. Same thing with editing clients that I have. Instead of sending files back and forth, which you can do, that's not, I mean, it's not a huge deal, except you know how that is. You end up with the final, final plot and the final, final, final plot and the final, 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 <laughs> final plot. And you have to look at your file name and see how many finals there are after the final. And then you, or version five, version six, <laughs> version eight, version nine. Which one did we go with? 11 or 13? I don't know. And version you know, so 13, have good. <laughs> yeah, version 13, good. Version 13, good. Yeah, you know. Version 666, we like that. Anyway, whatever. But, uh, <laughs> so, but you know what I mean? So the, the pro allows you to not do that, um, which is very cool. But I mean, you can, with the classic one, you can sync through Dropbox or whatever. You just have to make sure you both don't have the file open at the exact same time, or you'll encounter versioning issues. As it auto-saves, you will auto-save over each other's work, which is not fun, not cool. Um, but yeah, so that's the difference. So the, the pro is, um, I think right now, right now it's 99 annual 249 lifetime, something like that. Um, which is for lifetime of a program like that is actually pretty cheap. That's not bad. But yeah, so that's the pro lifetime. I, I don't remember the exact prices for the other levels of things. I think the cheapest one is like 29 for annual for a uh one device something like yes, that it, it was it's yeah. 25 actually yeah. 25 but, 25 you know, all those numbers are very great compared to what photoshop charges me to use every that's, phone 
That's yes. what I was going to say when you said it was 249. I was going to be like, what is that? Like a week of Adobe Creative? That's a week of, of Adobe Photoshop. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, Adobe has a spot. Well, anyway, never mind. That's, um, <laughs> I'm a graphic designer. Trust me. <laughs> I, I love the power of Photoshop, um, but Photoshop also has power over me um, and and my wallet. And that's the part that I don't like. But anyway. Um, so yeah, that's so yes. Uh, I saw the prices on Plotter and was like, oh, not bad. That's yes, not bad. That's what, and that's a lot of people's reaction is like, hey, this is actually pretty cheap. Because I'm like, honestly, if you want to try it out, yeah, you can do the free trial, right? But just grab the one year license. And if you honestly, if you don't like it and you really want your twenty five dollars back, um, within thirty days, just contact support and they'll refund your money. This right? sucks. I hate it. Give me my money yeah. back. Yeah, I mean, and, I, and I just, I yeah, I mean, I very rarely have someone say, "Oh, I tried it for the month for you know, I tried the one year license and I just hated it and refunded it." No, hardly anybody ever tells me that because it's just it's a very intuitive program that works very well. Even if it's not perfect for you, for twenty five bucks, you'll keep it as a tool on the side, right? I yep. mean, um, I, it's just. It's it's a nothing to me. That's a nothing cost um, compared to other things that I'd like to compare to my Facebook ad spend, for instance. Um, but anyway, so, which we won't talk about. That's another discussion. But um, right, you know, that, that's another podcast for another day, and that would have to yeah. be later in the day because we would definitely want to be drinking for that one. Yes. Um, but, <laughs> yes. but you know what I'm saying is is compared to other costs that you're going to incur in the business of writing. 25 bucks is nothing. And there's also um, like a, a free trial. Shot. Right? Like yeah, you can try, trial. you can yeah. do the free trial and check it out. And if you if it just doesn't resonate with you, look, I tell people this all the time, okay? Plotter, again, is a tool, right? And it's a tool that hopefully it resonates with you. I, I really hope it works for you. But if it doesn't, if anything stops you from wanting to write, don't do that. And I, I know... <laughs> And I know this sounds like obvious, but you'd be surprised the number of times when I need to tell, when I have to tell people, or like when I'm doing book coaching, one of the things I tell people the most often is, um, I know this is a passion project of yours. I know that you love this book, but I absolutely give you permission to write a horrible first draft of it. Yep. Now, do they need my permission to do that? No, but yet they do. They need someone to tell them that it's okay. And so I'm perfectly willing to do that. But I mean, listen, if something doesn't work for you in the writing world and it's not inspiring you to write and improving your writing process, don't do it. Don't use it. Move on to something else. This job has to be fun. This job is way too hard. My friend and I describe it this way. Is this is the most amazing and awful job you will ever have. <laughs> and I wouldn't trade it for the world, right? But it, it is, there are days when it's absolutely awful. I had a friend of mine, he was, he's like self-employed and he's like, man, he goes, I don't know how you've been doing self-employment for so long. He goes, two, three weeks out of every year, I just feel like I should quit and maybe get like a real job. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, dude, how did you get down to only two or three weeks a year? I'm like, this is every couple of days for me to go, man, yeah. what the hell am I? Walmart's hiring for God's sakes. You know, there's yeah. easier ways to make a living. I tell you, look, if you want to make a living, right, there's easier ways to do it. You can learn some chemistry, buy an RV. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know where I'm going with this, right? Yes. I mean, 
Yes. And obviously, I mean, look at that entire show. You're doing things your family could really get behind and get involved in. You know, <laughs> buy your wife some car washes. I mean, this is a family activity now, right? Writing is not that. I'm like, so, but if you can't do something like that and you find like me that you're otherwise unemployable and this writing thing really has to work out, then, um, you know, this is what you need to do. But there are easier, easier ways to make money. So you have to make this fun. So use the things that make at least the writing process part of it. If you can't make the business part fun, at least make the writing process part of it fun. I mean, man, otherwise do something else. I mean, shoot, man, stop <laughs> killing yourself for this. Not worth it. If any of our listeners, if any of our listeners hate writing so much now that they feel like they have to make meth, like, just reach out. We'll, uh, we'll respond. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Give me some support. We'll, we'll talk you really, down. <laughs> really, the purer, the better. I mean, um, uh, <laughs> I mean, what I meant was, no, keep writing. Keep writing. No. Um, but yeah. <laughs> make sure it's crystal clear. Crystal clear. No, if you, I mean, seriously, if you hate writing or if it's such a struggle for you, there are ways that you can make it more fun. There are ways that you can make this a more enjoyable process. There are some parts of it that are going to be painful regardless. And I'm sorry about that. And, but, and those things probably aren't going to change. Right. But there are ways to make this better. You can do it. And I mean, and there are those of us who do it. So we're willing to share those things with you quite honestly. Um, because I want people to be successful and I want them to be happy at this writing thing, you know? So yes. that, that is by the way, the easiest way to get me to keep working and like it again is when I'm complaining about something, <laughs> my husband's just like, so quit. And then I'm like, no, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm going to do this. And then all of a sudden my motivation is back. It's <laughs> back. Psychology works. Yeah. <laughs> It works so well because I, I used to tell people, people would come to me and they're like, I want to write for a living like you do. What's your first piece of advice? And my first piece of advice was do something else. I go, do you have a family you sort of like? A hobby that you could maybe get more into? Do you have a PS5? Do you, do you have one? Can you, you know what I mean? I would tell them, look. and it, But then I would say, listen, but in all seriousness, if this is your passion, and you really, really want to do this, then let's talk, okay? But make sure it really is your passion because for you to be committed and dedicated the way you need to be to do this job day after day and not quit, mm -hmm. you have to, have to, have to have that passion. And I can get all emotional when I'm talking about this because there are times when writing has saved my life um, and has saved my sanity, quite literally. And... Maybe it's that way for some of your listeners. And if it is, for the love of all that is holy, keep writing. Oh, it's definitely for me. Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm never going to quit. Yeah. I mean, some of you can't see me, but I have, like, white hairs and shit. But, um, like, I'm never... <laughs> but, I, I, I'm, but I'm never going to quit doing this, right? I'm going to keep writing until I'm not going to retire. Now, I might write different things. I might write somewhere else in Cancun or something. Who knows, right? <laughs> Gosh, I but, hope so. But I'm never going to quit, right? <laughs> I'm never going to quit because this is who I am. This is my life. This is what I do. It's everything to me. It's what I wanted to be from the time I was a little kid, and I wasted tons and tons of time not doing it because people told me I couldn't. Um, don't listen to those people. Screw those people, you know? Exact yeah. same. You, yep, you same. pursue your dream. I, was, I wrote my first book when I was six. When I was yep. 14, I told my, my high school counselors and everybody that I wanted to be a writer. And I wanted to grow up and be a full-time writer. 
And they told me I couldn't. And so three de decades later, later, and what I tell people is a series of hairnets, name tags, and various careers, I basically came to the conclusion that I needed to make this work. Or I wasn't sure where I was going next with my life, but I needed to make this work. And that's, I, I mean, if you're at that point, um, first of all, please reach out. I mean, plotter or no, please reach out to somebody and talk to them because it, this is the greatest thing that you can ever do, but it is, it is your life will change forever and it will be challenging, but it will be worth every challenging moment, every single one of them. So that's my passion thing. Nothing to do with plotter necessarily, but. <laughs> well, but a good message. Wow. Like, thank you. Like that, like I, it just feels, oh, it always feels nice to hear someone's perspective when they're coming from something like that. And seriously, thank you so much for like being here and, and sharing that and just like letting people know that it's keeping it real, basically, you know, telling it how it is, you know, yeah. we really appreciate that. And it's been, well, thank you. So great talking to you today. Yeah. Yeah, it's been great talking to you guys too. I'll I'll come back and talk to you guys anytime. That'd be great. Maybe we'll maybe maybe we'll talk about being sad on an episode and, and, and how to get happy again through writing. We can invite you back and we can have drinks. Yes. <laughs> we can we can talk about that. We can talk about that for sure. Because um yeah. uh, it, and we can do a whole episode on just on mental health because mental health is a thing for writers. You know what? Um, it's a it's a date. <laughs> if you don't know that it is a thing, you haven't met very many writers. Um, so you need to get out more, um, but anyway, um, and go to conferences where suddenly you don't feel so alone because there's a whole, yeah. like I went to, I went to 20 books, Vegas. It's my, I, I love going there every single year. And one of the reasons I do it is I walk in to the room and there are 2000 indie authors who are going through the same stuff that I go through. And yeah. for even if it's just for those brief moments of the time when we're at that conference, you realize you're not alone. And that's a big deal for writers. So if you're struggling with anything like that, yep. seriously, reach out to your peers. We are here um, mm -hmm. and we yeah. know what's we yep. know what's up. We know what's up. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. We could talk about that a whole episode. Yeah. Absolutely. It's a date. Let's let's yeah. come yeah. back for a, for a mental health episode. I love that. Let's do it. That would be great. Yes. You betcha. I'm in. Um, I'm in. But for now, um, guys, it is Plotter, P-L-O-T-T-R. The E is missing. It's not there. <laughs> um, so if you're looking for it online, that's what you'll search for. Yeah, I can put all that in the show notes, all the links and everything cool. that are relevant. Yep. Um, but yes, it's uh, is it just Plotter.com? Yep, P L. Okay. P-L-O-T-T-R.com. Um, if you have questions on pretty much anything, support at plotter.com is a real simple email to get in touch with us. And uh, we have a really robust Facebook group and all kinds of stuff too. So if you find that Facebook group and come in and ask questions and all that kind of stuff, um, there's always somebody there that'll answer. I'm in that Facebook group a lot. Um, lots of other people are too. Um, and so there's, there's always a way to get help and always a way to reach out to us if you have any kind of questions. Um, we love to talk to writers. We love to hear what you're doing. Well, thank you so much, Troy. Really appreciate it. Well, thank you guys. You guys are wonderful. <laughs> you guys are wonderful. Thank you. All right. Well, so I think that's this episode. Um, and for more on the podcast, you can find everything at anditswriting.com. Look us up anywhere you listen to podcasts. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter and at anditswriting for episode updates and notifications. Thank you so, so much for being here, Troy. It was awesome. Yes. Thank you so much.
And sounds Thank like maybe we'll see you again soon. <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. Cool. All right. Thank you guys. Yes. Thank you.